the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Dan Menzel, Paul Wanza with you for Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, you can be part of the show. Just Quality Home Improvements open line is 1300 736 736 or text 0427 154 166. Menz, how are you, my friend? I'm going well, Bonds. It's uh, a really good weekend of sport over the weekend. Plenty happening. And the Adelaide Strikers women's teams are champions yet again. How good was it? And it was just it was just enthralling. The, like the last – everyone was – like I couldn't take my eyes off the no, screen. You took the word out of my mouth. It was enthralling. It really was. Um, it's It was great cricket to watch. And again, a team that – you just thought if they if they're gonna overcome this, it just shows how good they actually are. And to defend 125, uh, we will we'll get into it shortly. But yeah, yes. what a win for the Strikers WBBL team! All right, uh, let's look at the box score. Thanks to Irrigear to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. We'll start with the box score. The Adelaide Strikers win back to back WBBL titles, winning by three runs. Over the Brisbane Heat. In the AFLW, the grand final on the weekend. Brisbane, they came back against North Melbourne to win the grand final. Seven goals, 244 to 4-3, 27, 17 point winners there for the Lions. Hey, Joaquin Neiman won the Australian Open goal, 14 under. It went to a playoff, but he was too good. Ashley Buhai was too good in the women's, so she took out back-to-back championships there. The 36ers, unfortunately, got hammered by Tasmania, 94 to 59. The Matildas got trounced as well, 5-0 against Canada. Yes. So Canada gets some revenge there. And the last one in the box score, India, they got the chocolates last night again to win the T20 series over Australia 4-1. So some slight revenge, not a lot, but a little bit there for India over Australia in the T20 series. And that there is our box score. Uh, their fans were happy. Um Thanks to Toolkit Depot, Toolkit Depot, your trade pro partner, Toolkit Depot, everything you need to get the job done, shop in-store or online. Uh, men's a bit of news about Port Adelaide uh, last night. Yeah, there was. So there's some news that Port Adelaide wants to or is looking at joining the VFL. So they're, yes. they're second team, so not their AFL team, but their sample side is looking and exploring options to be able to join the VFL and play against, effectively, all the other AFL teams, reserves teams. Well, this was rumoured a few weeks ago, and they're still contracted to the Sandville till 2028. Yep. As far as the Sandville is concerned, nothing's changed. But I believe what Port Adelaide have asked the AFL, will can they get the same compensation they're giving to the Queensland and Sydney teams as far as covering costs to be part of the VFL. Yeah, which if that happens, I can understand them pursuing it, to be completely honest, because we're, we're seeing the compensation, we're seeing the academy picks that those teams are getting that's really benefiting their footy club. But, yeah, if they're applying for VFL entry, uh, I don't know what how that looks for the sample. I, it's not positive. I know there's a lot of sample fans out there that will be saying, get rid of them. We don't want poor or crows in our competition. You look, if you don't have Port or Crows in the competition, I'm not sure you get the same funding to the competition. So is it still the second best comp in the land? It will not be. That's the reality of it. Uh, yeah, it's a bit, it looks really interesting topic. Uh, and I'm sure 
There's people out there who want to have their say. So get on the text line 0427 154 166. Are you happy that Port Adelaide are pushing to join the VFL? Do you want to still see them in the sample till 2028? Well, so if, it's it, really interesting. It is. If, if Port joined the VFL, the Crows won't be hanging around. The Crows oh, no. will be going as well. So, no. again, I know there's a lot of Sample fans that haven't been happy with them in it. Now, Bonds, just remind me, how many premierships have Port Adelaide and the Crows won since they've been standalone in the Sample? Zero. Yep. So, it doesn't show that they have more superior players, which means they're going to win. It's a really challenging situation with them with the top-ups. I think it's good for the competition. The sample currently is the second best competition in the land. But again, if they go to a national reserves comp, it won't. It will not be. And I do have some concerns as to what that means for the future of the sample. Well, I think the AFL needs to supply funding uh, to the sample and the waffle. Oh, they without a doubt they do. But if yes. you're the AFL, you go well. Where's our majority of our funding going? It's going to our competition, the AFL, the national comp. Yep. Where's our, the next part of our funding going? Was well, probably going to the AFL women's competition, which is rightfully so. Then after that, the third pot, where does that go? Well, we want our national reserves competition to be very strong. So then all of a sudden the sample becomes four and lower down on the spectrum and on the scale. The money isn't quite there. so Not cheap to fly 100 people around the country. Without a doubt. Week. So then they go, hey, guess what, sample? It's on you to start putting your hand in your own pocket and paying your own players a bit more money out of your own pot. Now, do they want to do that? There's an interesting discussion in itself. Again, love to have your opinion. Text in on 0427 154 166. That is why I have some concerns if Port and Adelaide, Port and Adelaide leave the sample. That's the other question. Port and Crows fans, would you go and watch your reserves team before the league play? It's a that is a great question. If I'm a Port Adelaide fan or an Adelaide Crows fan, I want my team to go into the National Reserves competition. It is going to mean that they're going to get they're going to get greater development. They're going to get greater exposure. They're probably going to play at higher levels because they're playing against other AFL players every single week. Uh, is it a win-win? I'm not sure it is. All right. Speaking of winners, how about this? Doesn't have the distance. Mashungwe will track back. Hold on to it, throw it in, and there it is. The Adelaide Strikers have gone back-to-back, but even bigger for them, they've gone back-to-back at their home ground. The Adelaide Oval in front of a magnificent crowd. A sea of blue can cheer in the celebrations. Mel Jones on commentary there. Apparently she wasn't at the ground, which is disappointing for her, but anyway... It is disappointing. For the girls. There was 12,379 people that were at the ground, which was a fantastic spectacle. When the Strikers came out, they won the bat toss. They batted first, which we expected to happen. We expected if Whoever you... won the toss was batting first. Correct. And so we were in a really nice position at one for 71 off 9.5 overs. Again, watching this live and just knowing how the competition had sort of played out over the last three or four weeks, You thought, if we're going to get 150 on the board, runs on the board, we're going to defend 150 with the bowling attack we have. So one for 71 in a really nice position. And then all of a sudden, Nicola Hancock, she takes three for 23 for Brisbane. They bowl us out for 120, well, not bowl us out, 125 from the 20 overs. Correct. So they restrict us to 125. We then need to keep the Brisbane Heat to less than 125. It's a tough ask, but there is a couple of moments in the game, Bonds, that I want to go over, and it's a reason why the Strikers women's team have gone back-to-back. That partnership that we mentioned between Laura Woolart and Talia McGrath, they were awesome in this tournament. 
For Wolfhard to make 39 off 33 and McGrath 38 off 34, huge because if they don't put us to that position, who knows what we might have. I know. They, they, were, they were fantastic. A, a really important um, partnership between those two, as you said, Mens. Uh, underrated. The second moment for mine, this is underrated. She got man of the match or player of the match, I apologise. It's Her bowling was fantastic, and that is Amanda J. Wellington. But she came out and made nine off nine. At the end of the innings, we made 10 runs in that last over when we're up against it. If we don't make those 10 runs, we Brisbane chase us down. So I think that's an underrated moment when she hit that boundary with a couple of balls to go. There was a few wides in the last couple of deliveries of our innings. Just put us up to over that six runs and over to chase. And uh, I think that is something that will go down as an underrated statistic in this final. Yeah, shooter Shooter's bowling I thought was excellent as well. And she got the important wicket of Jess Johnson late in the game. So that that that... Leads us to the Brisbane Heat innings. The Grace Harris wicket from Gemma Barsby, yep. massive. Cannot understate how big this was. Grace Harris was the informed player in the tournament leading into this final. Yes. So to get her out for 15 off 18 deliveries, it just gave you the sense we're in the game now, which is what the strikers, that's all they need, the bowling attack. The other, the next moment I want to talk about, Talia McGrath brings herself into the attack, takes two wickets and two balls. Bang, bang. That was huge. You, you felt like watching this. When she got Dupree's out, that was massive. But when she got Laura Harris out and they were four for 62 or 12.2 overs, it's probably the first time in the game you thought the strikers are probably going to win this. And Laura Harris's shot was disgraceful, but that's the pressure of of a final. It is. Uh, I'm looking forward to... We're going to chat with Nicole Bolden later in the show. Yeah, Nicole, assistant coach of the Strikers. Apparently, she's the only sober one, men, so we'll get her on. (laughs) She's on the winning side this time. She played last year for the Sixers in the losing final. She was a coach this year for the Strikers. I'm looking forward to asking her about the decisions around who bowls the last over because... Amanda Jade Wellington, our spinner, bowls the last over. That's not normal. No. That a spinner in a T20 bowls the last over. Her last over was sensational and was a huge reason why the Strikers won this game. She got player of the match. Yes, she did. Uh, The last over went something like this. There was a single, then a leg by, then a wicket, then six down the ground, then a wicket, the catch to Gemma Barsby on the boundary, and then one off the final ball. Uh, She... Well, yeah, three for 16 off her four overs was outstanding. But the new rule yep. uh, also helped the strikers. So the new rule I'm talking about is if uh, the ball goes in the air, a catch is taken, and the batter's crossed, big deal. The new batter coming in has to face the the delivery, which means Amelia Kerr was stuck at the non-striker's end for the yeah, whole over. Yeah, it had huge ramifications on this match. And yep. again, watching it, you know, live, okay, this is great. She's not going to get to get to the other end. That was the other big moment for mine was Gemma Barsby's catch. You mentioned it. It was that was huge. If she dro- I watched this a couple of times on replay. If she dropped the ball like Katie Mack unfortunately did off her hands, it probably goes over the boundary rope. Yep. And the Brisbane Heat win Correct. the final. So she takes a clutch catch about Oh, 40 uh, centimetres inside? Uh, yeah, I was going to say half a metre. Yep. So inside half a metre inside the line, takes the catch, standing there a foot about 10 centimetres from the rope. And that is off the back of they. the Brisbane Heat needed 11 runs to win off three deliveries. They, they get a six to make it five to win off two deliveries. So that six is then 
by Michaela Hinckley, she hits that. So then when that ball goes in there, you think she's gone back-to-back sixes to win the game. Yeah. So Gemma Barsby, well done, our own Gemma Barsby. Clutch, catch, and then it is five off the last delivery and uh, Amanda J. Wellington, they only get one delivery. And as a result, the Strikers women's team go back-to-back with a win by three runs. What under the Strikers, a back-to-back champs, as you said, men's. Um, we're here for Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today and Kia. Kia's Epic Range, the Kia Sportage, the Celtos, and the EV6 GT. And for new, uh, sorry, Nutri, Nutrient Ag Solutions. Sorry, Nutrient Ag. Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Coming up on the show, Nicole Bolton from the Strikers. And next, it'll be men's top seven. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Bonds and men's with you for Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers... Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Don't forget to be part of the show, the Just Quality Home Improvements open line, 1300 736 736, or text in 0427 154 166 if you want to just give the strikers a pat on the back. Uh, Men, it's time for your top seven. Uh, the Epic has arrived, the all-electric Kia EV9, the all-electric Kia EV6, and with up to 528 kilometres of range. Sports Day SA. It's the final countdown. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. What's your top seven this week, men's? Yeah, top seven. We were packed in the first part of the show, so I didn't get an opportunity to go through the box score. And so I've got the top seven sporting results over the weekend. Beautiful. Now, we'll start with one that wasn't so positive for us here in Australia. We had Andy Harper on last week, mm. and he mentioned the Matildas taking on Canada after we knocked him out of the World Cup. We lost 5 nil. Yeah, a little bit of coverage about this as well, about yeah. why they've picked some players and what they've done. But, yeah, it's not a great result for the Matildas over in Canada. Nope. That is a shellacking, 5 nil. It's not good. We'll move off of that pretty quickly. We might have to move off this one too pretty quickly, but we've got to address it, Bonds. The Adelaide 36ers comes in at number six. They got absolutely smashed by one of the best teams in the country, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. We spoke to Scott Ninnis last week, and he said the travel arrangements were ridiculous, and it was always going to be extremely tough to win that, but their performance was well below par. Oh, it was well below par. We might actually have a listen on the travel issues potentially. Yeah, DJ Vasilovic had this to say. Um, again, to piggyback off the travel, that's poorly done by the NBL in all honesty. Like, man, I played in college. I played everywhere. Like, this is probably the worst road trip I've had in a long time. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, shit on anyone or anything, but, dude, when you got to get up at four, then get up. I didn't sleep two nights ago because... It is what it is. Like it, took, it takes a toll on guys. Again, it's not an excuse. The Jack Jumpers are well coached, a well driven team. But I think if, if if we want to do this type of road trip, I would have loved to play tomorrow. You know, give us two days to recover. But hey, it is what it is. Is what it is. Uh, not happy. I mean, look, you can sit on either side. I think the Perth Wildcats might have a few questions about some of the travel yep. as well. How far yep. away they are. But look, really disappointing there to get beaten ninety four to fifty nine. 
we need to bounce back pretty quickly. Hey, let's move on to number five and uh, another result which hasn't quite gone our way, but not that we really care. The T20, India wins the series 4-1. They make an eight for 160. We, in reply, eight for 154. So Shreyas I he made 53 runs. Look, I think we're just tinkering a little bit with the World Cup, T20 World Cup a year away. Just seeing maybe what team might work. And we've got guys in there. Ben yeah, McDonough played. Give, they were giving guys a hit, really. Hardy played. DeWash has had a hit. So, yeah, there's a few in there. But, uh, yeah, India, they get something back. They win the T20 series. At number four, Adelaide Giants and Lachlan Wells. I want to give another shout-out to this man, Bonds. We took on Sydney Blue Sox over the weekend. He took on Shansuki Nakamori, who's been pitching really well. We yep. won 3-0 on Friday night. He's pitched 18 innings so far this season and hasn't given up a run. No, I watched this too, and they were very good. We, Yeah, we were very good. Lachlan Wells in some sensational form. That is the definition of your ace on the mount. That is, uh, It's great to see him back, and the Giants are rolling. At number three, it's Joaquin Neiman's 14-under win in a playoff against Hishino from Japan. I feel sorry for Hishino. He's gone back-to-back seconds. Yes. Last week in the PGA Championship, finished second in Mimoy Lee. This week, loses the playoff to Joaquin Neiman. Mr. Five-footer um, in on the first playoff hole, too. Uh, I know. I so, but got, got the win in the end. He did. The, uh, the Brisbane Lions, congratulations. They won the AFLW Grand Final just yesterday afternoon, they beat North Melbourne. Hey, they came storming home. They were down by a goal at three-quarter time. Yep. Kicked four goals in the last term to get the job done by three goals. So a massive win there for the Lions. I feel like with North Melbourne, it's almost you've got to make one to win one or you've got to lose one to win one. That's yes. sort of the sense of feel there. But what well on to the Brisbane Lions women's team. They win the AFLW grand final. They knocked off the three best teams in the competition in doing so as well. They beat Adelaide in the final. They uh, then had to beat um, they had to beat Melbourne, and then obviously they beat yep. North Melbourne, and then the Adelaide Strikers. We of talked course. about it. They come in at number one on the top seven, back to back championships in the WBBL. Men's, we just got a text in um, from five seven zero lads. Surely it's time for CJ to go. Blaming travel for a terrible performance is embarrassing. We cannot score. Mm, talk about pressure. There might be a little bit building. Yeah, he might be onto something there. I don't know who's texted us that, but it's a good. It's a good text. Yes, text ending five seven zero. Thanks <laughs> for your uh, input into the show. You can be part of it as well on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line oh four two seven one five four one double six. Community update. Be prepared and alert this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the South Australian. Country Fire Service, visit cfs.sa.gov.au. This community update is thanks to the new Fire Coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high risk fire conditions. It's available at Bunnings and you can catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nflgamepass.com and we are here for Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Mans, we're going to speak to Nicole Bolton. More strikers because we love them. They're our champs uh, very, very soon. You got anything else? Yeah, the 36ers, they take on the Taipan. Saturday night is their next game. So speaking of pressure, we have to win that one for CJ, but also for the, for the thesis. And Sapper and I will be there calling it. Back soon with Nicole Bolton.
Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel with you. Thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Men's our next guest. Well, she'll be a very happy lady. We've spoken to her a couple of times. She's a regular now, I reckon. She is. Uh, Nicole Bolton, the assistant <laughs> coach of the Adelaide Strikers, the championship winning Adelaide Strikers, brought to us by Tire Power. Holiday getaway sale. It's on now. Huge value on selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. Firstly, Nicole, congratulations. Uh, thank you very much, boys. It's, uh, it's good to be a winner. And how have the cele- celebrations been? Uh, well, Saturday night certainly got away from us. I think uh, a few of the girls made it through to sunrise. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a long night in the change rooms, but it was fantastic. I mean, we were able to get all family and friends into the inner sanctum and, and celebrate together. So, um, yeah, it was one of these things that you look back and, um, yeah, pretty fondly. Absolutely. A great crowd there as well to see the Strikers women knock off the Brisbane Heat in the WBBL final. Hey, there were some pivotal moments in the game that I want to just walk through with you, Nicole. So we were one for 71 off 9.5 overs, and then things slightly changed for us when we were batting. Your thoughts throughout our batting innings, you would have been happy at that stage, and then I guess as the innings went on, maybe there were some nerves? Yeah, I thought we came out with really good intent. I know we had a, a seriously good power play. I think we were 36 after four, and then to be in that position at the halfway mark, think one or two down to 71 um you know the conversations on the side were obviously if we can get to 150 160 it'd be a pretty competitive total because we know the firepower that the Brisbane Heat possess and um I think the way that we were hitting hitting the ball in the partnerships and and Laura and and Talia McGrath they were looking at they were doing it quite easy but as we saw consistent wickets and it was quite difficult for new batters to come in and find the boundary so you know, when you're making 125 after 20 overs, um, you're probably sitting there going, we're, we're going to have to bowl really well. And um, that's sort of what our bowling unit's been, you know, renowned for and, and done throughout the whole season. And I guess run, runs on the board in the final and small totals like that can do some pretty funny things to, to teams as well. Well, they certainly can. And so the message then at the halfway point, you mentioned that we've had the bowling lineup that's got it done all year, but... As you said, and watching this live, I thought if we can get to 140, you'd absolutely back us in. But at 125, is the message any different? Is there some nerves? Is it, all right, we need to get absolutely everything right? What, what's sort of the message in at the halfway point? I think at the halfway, well, first and foremost, we can't change it. It's 125, that's what we've got. And we just have to really stick to our basics and... Funnily enough, um, you know, I started having conversations with the staff and I said, oh, this game's going to be, um, you know, one on, on fielding. And, and both sides probably didn't have the best <laughs> night in the field. So, um, yeah, I think the, the message was pretty simple. We just needed to hold our nerve. And I know the run rate was only about six and a half, but if the sooner we could bump that up and, and build some pressure and create some wickets and sort of give ourselves a chance and... To get Grace Harris, who's been an unbelievable finals player over the last two games for them, how we did with Gemma Barsby, I think that just created a little bit of belief amongst the group. And, um, you know, our, our bowlers are relentless. 
to be honest with you. Um, they build a hell of a lot of pressure, push the run rate up, and um, as you saw, the wicket wasn't the easiest to bat on. I think um, we gave ourselves that opportunity and, and took it right down to the last over, which, um, you know, this group has a, a hell of a lot of fight about them. And, um, yeah, I mean, the Brisbane, hey, that going off 197 the previous final to, to you know, them not making 125, um, it just goes to show how, how well we bowled and um, how brilliant they've been across the course of the comp. You mentioned the fielding of both teams wasn't fantastic. I just wanted to know, because there were some simple mistakes, even some bad shots towards the end of the innings on, on both teams. Do you think that, like, was this the most pressured game you've been involved with? The pressure just seemed to build and build, and maybe the extra crowd there uh, helped build that. But it seemed that, and, well, not many players handled it well, except for maybe Amanda Jade Wellington. Yeah, I think finals can do funny things to people. And, and I think having recently, um, the Strikers girls having recently won and then being in a few finals before that, I think having that experience in finals and, and moments and being under pressure probably held them in a little uh, better stead. Um, but in saying that, being able to have a home final in front of your home friends and family is a bit of a different story. So... I think at different times the, the girls got quite nervous, um, but they really embraced that opportunity to be able to play in a final at Adelaide Oval. And I think the Brisbane Heat, um, you know, haven't played off um, for the trophy in a couple of years. But again, they're you know a really good team. They've won two titles, so I think both teams knew what it meant. Um, it'd been a long season, and I think at, at different stages, um, you know, probably let the occasion get to them. But I think our girls' experience over the last couple of years is probably what um, got us over the line. Yeah, you mentioned the experience uh, and Bonds mentioned under pressure a man at Jade Wellington was incredible. Another who was was a skipper, Talia McGrath, really good with the bat but then two huge wickets to get Dupree's and Harris to sort of just swing the momentum in the innings in our favour and the question I want to ask with this is for your casual fan, they would have looked at it at 19 overs and gone, alright, which fast bowler is going to come in here and bowl the last but Talia McGrath gives the ball to Amanda Jade Wellington. No surprises probably for yourself. But I guess how that played out and to, for Talia to have the impact she did and then to back in Amanda Jade Wellington and for them two to have that impact on the game. Yeah, there was a lot of um, discussion going on um, with us as coaches around how we wanted to sort of utilise the last three overs. And it was really important to be able to, I, I guess, get the right people in at the right time. And I think Megan Street's over um, was unbelievable. And then Darcy Brown to back that up. Um, and it was all about how could we hand over that last over where we could give someone like a, a Wello the opportunity to actually be able to defend. And I think Darcy and, and Shooter's um, back-to-back overs was huge and being able to allow Wello to, to come on and, and bowl to 13 runs off the last over. So... Um, you know, sometimes people sort of look, oh, you know, Megan Shoot probably should have bowled the last over, but I honestly think that games are won and that's 17-18 over and, and being able to restrict teams um, before it gets to the last over. So I think kudos to, to Luke Williams as well and, and being able to sort of get that message across and then for those two and, and Talia to, to back her bowlers in. Yeah, it's a great point. Shooter and Darcy Brown's overs were incredible late in the innings. Now, Nicole, I want to take you to the last three deliveries. So with three deliveries to go, we looked like we are in a strong position, 11 for them to get 
Then when they hit the six, one, how were the nerves with that? But then secondly, when that ball went in the air and Gemma Barsby took the catch, how nervous were you? Because if it goes over the rope, we're done. Well, I think I think Luke and I and, and Sats turned to each other and were like, any danger of not bowling a slot ball? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, or, I mean, when you're a batter in that position, you, you've got no other option really and, like hats off to her to, to go out and no one could hit Wellow all night and to go out first ball and hit it for six. Um, we're pretty nervous, to be honest, because five off two, especially um, in, the, in the way that the game's played these days, it's fairly fairly doable. And they still had um, you know some hitting power to come as well with Hancock. So um, when that ball went up and, and Gemma was under it, um, you know, it was pretty nervous. And I mean, Gemma's not the tallest girl going around either. So, um, you know, I was quite... Quite pleased that it dropped about five metres in from from the rope and she was cool as a cucumber and was able to take the catch. So I thought that was pretty clutch by her. Certainly was. Uh, Bridget Patterson, uh, did she go back to back as far as best performers off the field after the game? She had a big year last uh, year, been, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's been some photos circulating which she probably would, would never <laughs> like to see again. But um, the girls are currently in full flight at the moment um, at the hotel, which is just near the Adelaide Oval. So... Yeah, they've uh, they've gone again, but um, unfortunately for them, they don't have about 25 days before their next game. We're actually uh, back on deck next week for our 50 over. So yeah, might, they're, that might they're, be they're due thing. back. Yeah, it might yeah, be a good I thing. Oh, just a serious question on Bridget Patterson. Um, her keeping throughout throughout the competition, it's uh, she just got better and better. I thought. Yeah, I really think she did as well. She's done such um, a mountain of work behind the scenes with our. Um, fielding and keeping coach and Mark Eichler and um, you know when she found out that she was going to be take, taking the gloves um, the, the work and and what she did behind the scenes is unbelievable and I think every game she grew with confidence and you know she, she did a bloody, bloody outstanding job and then also to play a pivotal role in the middle order for us as well I think she had a, a bit of a breakout year um, and she's just so reliable and dependable so we're, we're fortunate enough um, to have her on our side. Nicole, for yourself, you're on the other side last year as a player in a losing final. Uh, the emotions, I guess, winning the final as a coach in comparison to a player and then conversely how it was last year. Yeah, I mean, I guess when that last ball was done and, um, you know, we, know, we knew we'd won it, it was just sheer elation. I think, you know, Luke turned around to us and we just huddled in as a coaching and support staff and just shared a really special moment and um, a lot's gone into this campaign but I think sitting on the other side as a coach you don't as a player sometimes you don't really know the work that goes on outside of the bubble I mean as a player you sort of just get great opportunity to be able to, to go out and express yourself and, and play the game you love but um, from a, a coaching and support point of view, um, a lot of work goes in behind the scenes to make sure that you know the environment's right for the players, the preparation's right, and making sure that everyone's ready to go when they have to. So to be able to, to be involved with that was is, was really cool because you sort of feel like you're a part of the whole process. And um, celebrations probably weren't as wild as they would have been if I was a player, mate. So, uh, <laughs> I was a bit more reserved, just basking in the in the glory with the rest of uh, the guys that you know did did the work behind the scenes and just watching the players make full of themselves because that would, would have been me last year. So yeah. um, no, nah, it's just fantastic. Just really grateful to be a part of it. 
Congratulations once again. A fantastic effort. The whole city is proud of our strikers and hopefully the men can go and repeat the dose and have men's and women's champions. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's got a good ring to it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. Um, enjoy yourself <laughs> Thanks, and uh, keep working hard. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your support throughout the season. Really appreciate it. Great work, Nicole. Nicole Bolton, Australian uh, cricketer champion and now assistant coach at the Strikers and uh, at the Scorpions. It's um, They're very lucky to have her, I think. She'll Uh-oh. be a very good coach. Without a doubt. She'll be, she is a great coach, and that's what we're hearing out of the camp there at the Strikers. But also, it's a good story for someone who played in a losing final last year. You love hearing those stories that... They get the opportunity to have an impact the next year in a different way for her, but gets to be a winner in the B- in the WBBL. Give us your thoughts on the Strikers. Just Quality Home Improvements line is one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or text in 0427 Should we stay on cricket, men's? Yeah, we will. Um, Mitch Johnson has come out and had a fair crack at Davey Warner. <laughs> he has, which um, I don't know whether it's uh, brave by Mitch or whether it's... Oh, they just don't like each other, yeah, I well, think, so. there's But there's, the element of that, I mean, is um, probably majority of the general support in Australia would be on Mitch's side. So it's an easy one. It's an easy whack to actually come out and have, and he certainly hasn't held back, has he? No, he hasn't. And uh, our very own Tim Payne gave his thoughts on... Mitch uh, Johnson's comments about Dave Warner. Um, and then I think you go through the Warner stuff. And again, Mitch raises some great points. Statistically, David hasn't been playing well. And would other people be getting the run that he is getting right now? Probably not. But he's got credits, in my opinion, he's got credits in the bank because he is one of the all-time greats. And we saw enough in the World Cup to suggest that his best cricket is still there. Um, but yeah, I thought a lot of the stuff, I, I didn't agree with it all, but I found myself reading it and asking myself the question. And that and that's basically what you want in an article if you want to put it in a newspaper, isn't it? And that's that's a fair comment too by Tim Payne. If, if he's asked the question, he's asked to write an article, often they'll want to say something that gets clicks these yep. days and yep. gets people reading it. Uh, but I think, they, look, there's certainly certainly a bit of... Not bad blood, but they just yeah, not not the best of friends. Those two. No, that's right. How did how did Mitch Johnson's career finish? Because there's an element of it. I don't believe that he got the same retirement tour. Well, I don't think anyone except for no. maybe Steve War. And yes. we mentioned this last week. Steve War is the only one who really was allowed to, or, or seen to be allowed to do that. Even Shane Warne, who's arguably our greatest cricketer of all time. Yep. And a few weeks out from the Sydney Test, saying. This will be my last test. Yeah, so Mitch is speaking on behalf of a few players there then because they would certainly be going, I didn't get a retirement tour. Mm. So they they might not necessarily be as strong as Mitch because maybe the dislike isn't there. It's not as great. But in saying that, they would be saying, well, if he's not making runs, don't pick him. And don't just pick him because he's had a good career because we've all had good careers as well. So, yeah, look, uh, this one's not done and dusted yet. The first test is going to be massive and there will be pressure on David Warner, as there has been for a little while now. If he doesn't get past 10 in Perth in two innings and then doesn't get past 10 in the next test, because I reckon he'll play the first two. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, then 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 there's a really hard decision. Well... The other thing that is going to make it very interesting is the uh, Prime Minister's eleven plays yes. in a couple of days against Pakistan. Yes. Now, there's a few guys in there. Yep. Bancroft is one of them. If they come out and make 100, 
It will just make things just that little bit more interesting heading into the first test and post the first test. Yeah, I'm still not sure whether Bancroft deserves the go. Who would you who would you pick? Because again, he in te- he he's averages twenty in tests. So again, for those who don't know, it's it's been thrown up that it's between Bancroft, Marcus Harris, and Matt Renshaw to replace effectively David Warner. I would pick Matt Renshaw, but that's just a personal opinion. Oh, interesting. Hey, what about this? This happened this afternoon, men's. Um, speaking, it was still on cricket. So the ICC have announced that Amazon have signed a four-year deal to become the home of ICC cricket in Australia. That is, that's massive. I mean, that's massive for a couple of reasons. If we go to the pay and the financial side of it, it means that we know that Cricket Australia, we know that the men's and women's cricket game is in a really good place at the moment in terms of how much money there is in the IPL in both uh, men's and women's, but also across both um, formats. So that means then money's not drying up. Players are going to get paid extremely well. That's that element taken care of. The one that I think the general public will be interested in is what does that mean for free-to-air? What does that mean for Foxtel? Where are we going to see the cricket in the next four years? I think it's a concern for Foxtel. Yep. You would you would think it's unlikely to be on another pay subscription service. Agree. Um, free-to-air might be different. Yeah, yeah, I think. And, and what we're talking about, we're not talking uh, the home cricket here. We're talking international tournaments. So the one-day cup that's just happened, to the Test Championship, the T20 World Cups, both men and women, yep. um, may just be on Amazon Prime. Yeah, exactly. And why not be on free-to-air? I mean, we've seen that with, with the World Cup. This one was mm. on Foxtel. So... Mm. It, uh, it's interesting how these streaming services do the, do this and, and buy um, into different sports. And, I mean, the one that I'm going to go to now is Optus Sport. And yes. I remember when they got the rights for the Premier League, there was a fair uproar and a lot of people not happy about it. And I was one of those that um, was a little bit stubborn and was like, I'm not paying for that and didn't watch the EPL for about a year. And now mm. I have Optus Sport to watch mm. the EPL. And I just want to mention a game last night, Bonds, that I tuned into I was up at the right time, actually, to change Bailey and Liverpool. My Liverpool, I'm wearing my Liverpool top you, today. Oh, you are too. <laughs> uh, Liverpool, they played Fulham at home. It was um, There was a fair bit of rain about, so difficult conditions. One of the most attacking games I've ever seen, and what I love from Fulham is most teams that go into Manchester City or Manchester United or Liverpool that are underdogs, they just sort of part the bus. They sit back and hope on the counter-attack they can score. Fulham took the game on last night. It was great to watch. Their fans would have been so happy especially when they were 3-2 up. And then Liverpool comes back at two absolutely stunning goals to win 4-3. Again, for live sport, we've talked about the Cricket World Cup. EPL is up there as good as most sports in the world. And that game last night, Liverpool beat in Fulham 4-3. The Premier League's in a pretty good spot at the moment as well. Yeah, I think I think you're 100% right. Um, should we stay on the round ball? We because will. Uh, our good guys, the Reds, have just kicked off against MacArthur. Um, so hopefully we'll have someone from the Reds on the show tomorrow night and uh, hopefully they can get across the line and get a get a win over there in MacArthur. Yeah, it's back-to-back away games for Adelaide United. So we know that they got the job done last Sunday against Western United, who are currently bottom of the table. Yep. Um, and so maybe that win doesn't look as good. But again, we've only had the one blemish against Sydney where we lost 5-1 here at home. MacArthur currently two wins, three draws. They haven't actually lost yet this season. So it is not going to be an easy game. But I still think that if you're predicting and, and, and 
we're probably we'll we'll know in about an hour's time. I still think Adelaide will win this game. I do as well. I just think our offensive potency with the players we've got, if we can score one, we're almost impossible to beat. So if we can get on the score sheet first, which, again, in last week's game, there was 45 shots at goal between West United and Adelaide United. So tune into that one. It'll be an offensive game, and uh, come on, Adelaide United. Thanks to Cobham Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria, it's time for the hat-trick. Ah, uh, the hat trick we do every Monday. We have a forgettable moment. Uh, if you don't know, now you know, and it is what it is. Men's get us underway. Yeah, forgettable moment is for mine from the weekend is the drop catches by the Adelaide Strikers women's yes. team. Now it didn't cost them the title. It could have been extremely forgettable for them. People will forget about them in the future. But I watched this live and thought, oh no, you're not going to lose it. Katie Mack. Yeah. Yep. Like, never drops them. So after watching that, and we spoke about this earlier in the show about Gemma Barsby, after watching that yes. happen and then it go down to Gemma, I thought in the air, oh, no. They're going <laughs> to lose the final off of another catch over the boundary, but Gemma was clutch. Uh, my forgettable moment goes without saying the Adelaide 36ers. Forget about this weekend and let's move on. I did think about that one. I didn't put it in. I thought you might go with that. That was yep. horrific. If you don't know, now you know, men's. Yeah, well, this is an easy one. The Adelaide Strikers, WBBL team, are the best sporting team in the country. Yes. Right now, they are the best sporting team in the country. To score 125 and defend that, uh, I actually thought when we scored 125, they were heavy, heavy favourites. I remember thinking at the time, if we win this game, it just shows that against all the odds, we still find a way to win. We're the best team, men's and women's best team in the country. I agree. Good one. Uh, Mine is Lee will be the biggest name in Australian golf in the next five years. Min Ji and Min Wu will both win majors in the next five years. It's a great point. If you don't know, now you know. That is so true that that Lee name will be... It will be um, Cam Smith's taking it the last few years. Adam Scott had it five years ago. But I agree. They're just so cool, both Min of them. Minwoo and Minji. Their temperament is unbelievable. Without a doubt. I'm going to let you go first on this one, Bonds. It right. is what it is. Um, uh, broadcasters will keep cutting corners until the league and the fans demand better coverage. Not having enough cameras at the golf, commentators calling off the TV. Yes, I hate that. Um, and it was for the final. Yep. For the, for the Big Bash final, they had the commentators in a different state. Yeah, disgraceful. Disgraceful. There was a couple of blemishes, but it is what it is. There was a couple of blemishes um, from the Big Bash final. That was one, the WB Bash final. The other one was the coin toss, which uh, if I was a Brisbane Heat fan, or yep. I would be saying, hey, I'm all for getting kids in to toss the bat and whatnot, but you probably, for the biggest game of the year, should have a fair toss. As And she wasn't happy, Jess Janssen, which is probably yep. fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it went in the strikers' favour, but yeah, it's a good one. It is what it is for mine. The WBBL is the fastest growing female sport in Australia. Ooh. Now, people who... Love the AFLW, won't love hearing that. People who are into the Women's A-League also won't like hearing that. If you look at attendance, if you look at player payments in particular, uh, the increase in this sport is very solid and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. The player payments increase is huge. I had a look at it last night. So, yeah, the WBBL is the fastest growing female sport. That is what it is. That's our hat trick for this week. Thanks to Cobram Estate. 
Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Men's, uh, we've got less than a minute to go. It's been a massive show. It has been a massive show. So now that the WBBL is finished, we have the Big Bash League starting this Thursday night. We're going to have a little tipping competition, which we'll yes. get into in the coming nights. But um, we're going to tip throughout the tipping throughout the Big Bash competition. Well, we're here right till the end, so we may as well. So we've got a little fun competition, which we will mention over the next couple of nights. So tune in for that and uh, looking forward to the Big Bash kicking off this Thursday night. Go Adelaide United, get the win tonight, and we'll see everyone tomorrow. We'll, hopefully we'll have someone from the Reds. After a and, win. And uh, go the Strikers. What a magnificent performance. Back-to-back title. They're the champions. They are fantastic. We love them. Uh, Good night, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.